So sometimes I have to pull him aside and be like, babe, we're literally sitting here for 10 minutes talking about the office with them um, and talking about like our cats. Do you really think that this is going to move forward? Because I don't. I mean, I don't for see- me, that would be an absolute yes. For me, that would be, I would be so turned on if they were just quoting Michael Scott like, like a machine gun. to be the first to say hello because normally it's you is it so i just jumped in there okay yep all right fair enough um welcome <laughs> if you're listening to this a uh, little bit of trivia for you uh, right off the bat um if you're listening to this at midnight uh, on monday <laughs> you're you, this is very close to having a telephone conversation with us because uh it's like what is it 8.30 in the evening. Mm. We've been so busy that we're yeah. only just recording the intro to this. So, um, hello from, uh, what what is it, three and a half hours ago? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's been insane, you know. It's like just I've been on holiday with my family. We've been sort of just busy doing stuff. Yeah. I feel like as well for... October, I mean, it's October now, but end of September, early October, the weather's been like really mild, you know? Mm. So it's very much as though I feel like I'm still having this like second sort of summer that we've sort of been experiencing Mm. in in terms of, it's not like scorching hot, but it's like really pleasant. Well, I was just walking back from the gym a mere hour or so ago Mm. and I was, you know, like there's nothing worse in the winter when you leave the gym and you're sweaty and mm. it's freezing cold and you can feel the sweat. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was dark when I was walking back, but I was at, I was so comfortable. So um, that was that was rather nice. Um, that was still kind of. I mean, it's nice, but it's also terrifying, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, when we were in Sydney, where I'm from at the moment. It's a bit better now, but earlier in the year, they were having like 35 degrees in winter and a lot of people were on social media that I know that still live at home were very much saying, is anyone having the time of their lives in this gorgeous weather, (laughs) but simultaneously panicking about the state of the climate? Yeah. You know, it's a weird, it's a weird weird one, one. but, but anyway, yeah. Um, One, uh, I mean, before we kind of dive into our, uh, or or should I say swing into our our episode today, um, we've got, there's one one thing I wanted to talk about, and that is Margate. I want to talk about Margate. For our international listeners. Margate is a a coastal town in Kent, which is, uh, it's east of London. So if you if you yeah. travel out of London to the east and keep going till you hit the coast, you you probably you'll probably get to Margate. Like two and a half hours out of Mar- out of London. If that, if yeah. that. Yeah. Um. It really it, it, it's South End Airport should be called uh is is it, well it should be it's South End London South End it shouldn't be London South End it should be Margate South End because <laughs> it's probably closer to Margate than it is to. It's London. um it's considered quite a nice spot, isn't it? Like it's, it's a very up and coming place. Mm. You've got uh oh, I always forget the name Dreamland. I think it's Dreamland. It's like a um a fair like a big fair a big like theme parky place and it's become oh. a bit of a music venue as well Uh-oh. like people like queens of the stone age have played there and, interesting yeah um but anyway apparently according to both uh the the the, <laughs> the extremely the, reputable the extremely reputable fountain of knowledge that is the sun and also sky news but not just Sky News, also Sky News. That's right. There are two pages dedicated to this story. <laughs> uh, I think one's just a video page, but still, I found it quite amusing that there were like two different headlines that uh, claimed that Margate is the polyamory capital of England. Just England. Oh, so not like no. Wales or Scotland no, or Northern just Ireland? just England, apparently. Okay. Oh, I, I wonder why it's not... Yeah. Well, I mean, that's news to me. 
not that I'm the authority on all things non-monogamy, obviously. Is it it news to you? Because apparently, according to Sky News, it's an open secret. So interesting. This is the first I have heard of this. Yeah, I mean, as as I just said, like, we're not, you know, the authority on all things non-monogamy. Well, (laughs) no, we're not. But yeah, I just, it's interesting that, I mean, the article that I read about this is, was published in The Sun today, which is a benefit of us, you know, recording this intro so late, is that it's yeah. it's an extremely up-to-date intro in terms of news stuff. Um, it's so hot we could barely touch it. Yes. But it's it's just the article I read about this in The Sun, I mean, the headline as well. I just, it's, it's I think the reason we're sort of discussing this is because our episode today is about swinging and, but we're also... You know, some of the themes that we discuss with our guest very much is about this sort of sensationalizing of non-monogamy, the conflation of like swinging and non-monogamy and how like people kind of think it's the same thing or conflate polyamory and swinging or as the, well. Or, or they don't understand that it's, you know, it's 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 the equivalent of, of saying um, like gay and queer are the same thing. Yeah, it's, totally. It's not like. If you're if you're a swinger, then you're being you're practicing a form of non-monogamy, but you're not necessarily polyamorous. Yeah, hundred um, yeah. percent. But so the headline of this article, it's just love. Our seaside town is wilder than Ibiza. We have a hidden side that people judge us for, but we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> uh, why is why? Sorry, why is it ro- always? this like shady thing like i don't know it's just it's just pe- like oh i don't know i i don't even know where to begin with it it just it, there's always an element of um of sort of scandal yeah scandalous absolutely it. it's like it's still other there's still so much, so much othering, othering going on and it's just a bit old now and i'm just well, this is the thing, and it's something that we discuss in an episode that's coming up uh, about... Spoiler alert. Yeah, well, I'm not going to say who, guys. <laughs> you know, it's secret. But what I will say is that we have, and we've discussed this in the past as well, about having visibility and inclusivity, but we don't want just any kind of visibility. It's not this this case of, well, any publicity is good publicity. It's like, well, no, you know, we mm. don't want visibility or public like, coverage of non-monogamy in this form. We want it to be supportive. We deserve for it to be supportive. We don't need it to be sensationalised and we don't need it to be sort of, we don't need to be othered because this is the way that we live our lives mm-hmm. or that that's the way that we are, something that Kylie talks about a lot in the episode coming up today. Um, but it's just, I think when you read through this article and there's a lot of that, uh, sort of sensationalizing stuff, but I mean, it's, you get the sense that you go to Margate and it's like, everyone's fucking each other in the street. And like, it's just like a swinger city or there's like, everyone's non-monogamous. For example, this little nugget with Margate only having a population of some 61,000, for those who enjoy a bit of polyamory, this means they're very likely to meet someone their partner is dating. Why? How can you enjoy a bit of polyamory? <laughs> I don't understand how it's it's not a thing to enjoy. It is li- quite literally like a way of being. Yeah, it's also like people's identity. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I think that's really funny is like, you know, this is written with such a monogamous lens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, likely to meet someone that their partner is dating. Yeah, it's called a metamor. Uh, people meet at their metamors all the time. People are in polycules or in um, quads or tri... Like, well, they're not metamors. They're also in each other's relationships. But, like, there are so many forms of non-monogamy where mm-hmm. it's like people meet metamors, they spend time together, there's community based on who they're dating or who they have dated. Mm-hmm. And they they do actually like do include that in this article as well. It's included in the quotes of people that they've spoken to for this article. Mm-hmm. So they kind of have already said that. And, and I will acknowledge that because they do have that balance in this article. Mm-hmm. But it's just the words that they're using to describe this. It's yeah. scandal, it's othering. It's like, could you imagine meeting someone that your partner is? And it's just 
it's written with such a monogamous lens and mm. it's just that's not the right sort of thing that we're like yeah. looking for with representation. It's just funny as well though because like if you live in a small town and you date within that small town, then guess what? You, you will come across people that your current partner used to have sex with or used yes. to have a thing with. Like what's the difference? Literally. The, 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 the only difference now is that that person is still, in, is still very much in the person that you love's life and also makes them incredibly happy. So yeah, you should be friends with that person because they're making they're like they're sort of the person that you love's life is being enriched by that person. So if you truly love that person, then of course you are going to greet that person not with hostility but with yeah. You know, friendship. <laughs> like Literally. oh wow, how radical. Also 61,000 people. That's still quite a lot of people. It's like not like not that like a smaller community, like you probably will run into people if it's a polyamorous community. That's like a, absolutely, a, you will. Yeah, but that's the point. Um, but also, you. I mean, that's quite a lot. That is quite a large town. Sixty-one thousand people. I mean, like yeah, and within that, that's like the t- total population. So that's not the population of polyamorous polyamorous people. people. You absolutely would run into people that you know that you're in the same sort of circles with. Mm-hmm. But that is also part of community and that is also just part of, you know, different types of non-monogamous communities. You know, people who swing might swing with the same couples or might know each other at clubs and, mm. and reconnect after having, you know, meeting up, maybe not having like partner swap that night and then maybe swapping the next time they saw each other. Like that's completely normal in all circles of life, mm. like having those continuing connections. So, yeah. I don't know. I I also would love to know how how it compares with because I mean yeah sixty one thousand people is a fairly large town but compare it to somewhere like Brighton where there's hundreds of thousands of people living uh-huh. there and is also a very known uh, progressive city the only green seat green party seat in the country um, bit of a uh, UK politics there for you, everybody. Indeed. <laughs> and Green Party is exactly the same in this country as it is in every other country. Um, they're the super progressive, um, cool They're those crazy people. lefties who believe in climate change. <laughs> <laughs> um, wild. But um, I would I would put money on the polyamory being equally as prevalent in um, Brighton. It's just a matter of, like, I guess the the like percentage of Margate that you know is probably like five percent rather than three percent like it is right. in the rest of the country or whatever well, it is yeah, I can't that's remember right. the exact figure. That's a but, good point. Yeah. But uh I've got a question. Yeah. If Margate is the polyamory capital of England. The alleged the alleged uh w- uh what where is the monog- monogamy capital? Mm, that's such a good question. Redditch. Um, I don't know what the not monogamy capital is, but I like the point you're making. Yeah, you get the point. Like, do, yeah. do we need to have one? But yeah, and also I just I think mean, it does make me want to move to Margate a little it bit. It makes me want to <laughs> check out Margate, obviously. But at the same time, I'm just like, well... What about London? There's loads of non-monogamous people. Like, it's just, the point is, is just like, maybe like population-wise, they didn't have any figures about non-monogamy. And that's what annoys me most about the article as well. Like, I mean, we know, and we've said before, like, there's a a lack of data. Like, we haven't got that sort of information just yet about that. For our English listeners' data. And for anyone else who isn't Australian, (laughs) probably. But I just, I think it's... It, there might be a higher prevalence of non-monogamous people per population or whatever. Well, yeah, that's what. It, yeah, that's but why, like the rate. It's like the percentage of the population. I just is, think. Yeah. You know, humans are humans. There might be a, more of a community there, but ultimately, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't think we need a capital. No, we just need better representation yeah. that isn't from the Sun or any of the Murdoch papers. Yeah. And they still are Murdoch papers because it's his son, isn't it? Yeah, it's... Lachlan. Yeah. Um, moving swiftly on, we've got a, a fantastic episode. Yeah. And we were talking about swinging. And it will be a much more balanced 
uh, and non um what's what's the word i'm looking for here that we, we, we won't be there'll be no stigma nah, applied because we'll really be good. chatting with um kylie kylie aka sexy swinger chick that is my uh quick correction correction because i ha- i've obviously listened to nile rogers too much in my life because i pronounced it chic sexy swinger chic which is incorrect it's sexy, sexy swinger, swinger chick, chick. But I am, uh, of course, uh, very familiar with the work of Mr. Rogers in Chic, the band Chic. Okay. People will know exactly what I mean. Um, but yeah, so, you know, just keep that in mind. It's sexy swinger yeah. Chic. So apologies and if you need to, to look, find her on, online, that's where you, yep. that's what, but she goes through that. She's, yeah, she's chill. She goes through she's that. cool. Great. Right. We're going to okay. go uh, have a cup of tea. Yeah. And I've got to throw this, I've got to edit this and, and put it gonna, together and you're gonna edit it. put all the music in and make it, you know, sparkle, basically. And then, so so cue the music. I'm going to give you some, a little bit of a, a trigger point. Okay. Uh, cue the music now. Okay, everyone. Today we are joined by Kylie, aka Sexa Swinger Chic from the Pineapple Express podcast. Welcome to the show, Kylie. Woo-hoo. Hi. Hello. Sorry, my cats. I have to like barricade my cats out of here. <laughs> nice. Because every time that record button goes, they just want to come in. So of course. that is so funny. Yeah, we'll dive straight in, shall we? Um, so first of all, uh, you're the first swinger we've had on on the podcast. So let's just start simple. How did you get into swinging, and what led you to start your podcast, Pineapple Express? So me and my partner, we're t- we were together for four and a half years before we started swinging. Um, when we first got together, like our first date, I told my partner, Brad, I was like, listen, man, I'm bisexual. Um, I, I enjoy threesomes. I enjoy women. I think, you know, this could be something that could be a part of our relationship and this is a part of who I am. And, you know, if you're not okay with it, I understand, but like, I don't want to move forward just cause this is a big part of me. And, um, you know, I had no idea what swinging was at this point. Um, and he was like, Oh yeah, that's, that's cool. That's awesome. You know? Um, so <laughs> couple, you know, we tried finding other women. We tried, finding like single women or, you know, bisexual women to join us. And, you know, we did it on vanilla dating apps and it just was not, it was not the way. (laughs) So (laughs) his friend was like, Hey, you guys can go to swinger clubs. And I was like, no way. Like, that's not, we're not doing that. Uh Uh-uh. I'm not going to some club where there's like people, my dad's age, putting their keys in a bowl. Like I'm not, you know, and we were, 27 28 at the time um and i was just like no we're not doing that and then um i thought about it and i thought about it and then a couple of months later i would kind of research it a little bit and be like hmm swinging swinger club you know and then a couple months after that um we would talk about it and finally one day i was just like you know what screw it and it was like i was just like let's go like let's we're bored we have nothing else better to do. <laughs> let's go. Like, yeah. let's go have fun and meet people and see where it takes us. And we had all these rules and boundaries set up beforehand. And those all, you know, went out the window that night because we were just like, we're swingers. Like, these are our people, you know. Because mm-hmm. um, originally we thought that we were going to get into swinging to find the polyamorous community because we truly thought that we were going to be polyamorous. Mm. And then when we got into swinging, we were like, wait a second, you can do this, but you don't like, we just don't have, we have young kids. We have full-time jobs. Like, so, um, very early on into our swinging, probably like the day after our first swinging experience, 
um, I had already been on TikTok and I had already been on social media just for fun. You know, um, I decided to make videos about swinging because there were none. When we were researching swinging, mm-hmm. all you could see was like ethical non-monogamy or polyamory. There was no, nobody was on TikTok talking about swinging. Um, the swing talk hashtag had like maybe 5,000 views, maybe maybe 10,000 views. Wow. Like it just wasn't, yeah. yeah no one was talking about it. So I'm like, all right, um, I guess we can just share our journey with people and share this part of us. We're feeling so blissful. We love this. We're so happy. Um, why not? Why not help people through it? And in, in return, like share, I think sharing an authentic journey about something is really cool. And people want to see that and people want to be a part of it. Um, so that's kind of where, social media and then the podcast came along mm-hmm. um you know after just really it's a great creative outlet just like social media but it's a lot less filtered because unfortunately we are in a society right now where social media is pretty filtered especially when it comes to sex positivity so that's what i like about the podcast so yeah <laughs> nice it sounds all, all quite familiar really doesn't it and yeah it, quite an it, organic sort of authentic sort of journey there yeah so you, you sort of, you mentioned this about thinking maybe you'd be polyamorous. Um, just in case our listeners aren't sh- aware of like what the definition of swinging is, I think a lot of people swinging can be quite visible. But again, as you mentioned, everyone just thinks of like keys going in bowls. And uh, if you could just sort of tell us what the differences are between swinging in and polyamory. So the biggest difference between swinging and polyamory is polyamory focuses on relationships like romantic relationships um building romantic connections you know eventually falling in love um dating is big not that we don't date in swinging and not that we don't fall in love with with each other in swinging but it's very platonic um now my experience with swinging is a little bit different i'm more of a progressive swinger just because I guess I can't do this without connection, but some swingers just, you know, everybody does swinging differently. Right. So there's no real definition for swinging. Um, and this is similar to polyamory, right? There's no, Mm -hmm. you know, there's so many different facets to it, right? Mm -hmm. So many different types of relationship styles. So the way that I like to explain swinging is anybody who is sex positive. Um, so the environments that you're in are sex positive environments, Um, You don't have to couple swap to be a swinger. You don't have to watch people. You don't have to be watched. You don't have to do anything to go to a swinger club and enjoy the environment. Um, The only requirement for swinging is to be open-minded and be sex positive, you know, Um, and be adventurous. And I think that over time, the community has changed a lot. Like I said, progressive swinging. Uh, We like connections like platonic connections and friends with benefits style swinging um this is something that the swinger community it used to just be like very sexual and it was all physical now it's turning so much more into a community and people you know socialization and people just wanting to genuinely connect with other people which is what i love about it Absolutely. That's nice. really cool. Yeah. I've never actually heard that progressive swinging before, but that's a really cool term. You explain that so well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is so different, I think, to that mis- that sort of old older school idea that you, you described that I think a lot of us have in our minds mm-hmm. when we yeah. think of swinging. Yeah. Well, I think uh, a key word that you used there was connection, um, which, I mean it's it's a, par- a parallel with uh with polyamory in that sense and sort of the way we look at things what do you look for in a swinging connection as opposed to maybe it's exactly the same sort of thing as we look for in a polyamorous one but yeah what uh what do you look for in a in a swinging connection um i look for first thing is the vibe I feel energies really well. And I think a lot of swingers are more because we're a little bit. And I think everybody in the ethical non-monogamy, you know, umbrella tend to be more emotionally intelligent because like we're doing the hard work, we're healing all that great stuff. Right. (laughs) All the things. (laughs) So we tend to like 
feel more um, vibes and energies. And um, a lot of people have a misconception that it's all about attraction and looks. And while that is a big part of any relationship, um, I would definitely say it's all about vibes, connection. You know, um, I look for, I think for me, it's a personality type. And when I look for a couple or, um, you know, obviously there has to be a match. So my partner, Brad, um, he has to be attracted to the female and it's a lot easier for him to be attracted to the female than the male, if I'm 100% honest. And then I have to be attracted to the man and I look for, um, when I look for a guy, it's not about looks. I look for a sense of humor. Um, do they have this presence that's very dominating and kind of leadership and kind of like just a charisma about them? That's really what I look for in a guy. And it, but it doesn't matter their age, where they're from, um, you know, how much money they make, uh, you know, any of that stuff doesn't matter when you walk into a swingers club. Really, it's just about the what the the authentic soul connections with people and truly that's what I love about the lifestyle and again I think that I'm a millennial in the lifestyle and that's you know I talk a lot about this and I actually do um, conferences and seminars and stuff about being a millennial in the lifestyle because it's so different for my generation as opposed to the older generation of swing of swingers like it's very much more progressive and soul connection and finding your, your people to really um, in, love and enjoy and just genuinely connect with. And it's just a genuine connection. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. do you and Brad, um, like, do you exclusively swing together or do you sometimes go off by yourself or do you always go together to, to clubs or events? So for the most part, we go together and we are same room and the reason and um for those listening who don't know so there's same room and there's separate room so same room means um and if you see this in a swinger profile or if you see this um if you're talking to another couple and they say that we're same room only that means that that couple only swings in the same room and then there's couples who swing in separate rooms or that could mean that they date separately or that they have sex separately um but a lot of swingers are same room because of the compersion aspect. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure you guys have talked about compersion before and your mm -hmm. listeners probably are very aware of compersion. <laughs> but our version of compersion is seeing our partner with somebody else and seeing them um, sexually fulfilled from somebody else. Like that gives us joy and that makes us happy. Um, and that's why a lot of swingers do the same room a lot of times it doesn't have to do with like, oh, I'm insecure and like scared that something's going to happen if they're mm, separate. It's totally. because they want that compersion and they want to see their partner. I love watching my partner. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. But um, so, I mean, like I mean, like the world, uh, the swinging community has obviously changed a lot over the years. Um, and I think you know, a huge part of that is probably the safety and, and everything, uh, particularly when it comes to uh, the safety of women um but um one thing that i think maybe hasn't changed is the perception of the swinging community from the outside right so to, i mean to many outsiders uh, the swinging community can look a little bit intimidating why do you think this is and why do you think people yeah i mean why do you think people perceive it that way i guess I think, unfortunately, there's no real great representations of swinging and ethical non-monogamy in the media. And that's what's hard is, like, I can sit here until I'm blue in the face and talk about how, like, you guys, it's not just sex. You guys, like, we practice safe sex. You know, we wear condoms and stuff. But until people truly start seeing good representations of it in the media, on TV, um, there has never been a documentary or a reality show or anything like that that wasn't sensationalized. And I'm sure that this is something that you guys deal with in the polyamorous community mm. um, as well. Like, it's just so sensationalized. And people just have the, so many misconceptions about the swinger lifestyle based on 
even me, like when I, when my partner came to me and said, I want to start swinging, all I could think about was the, that 70s show, you know, um, <laughs> they had this, this scene where, um, Red and Kitty, you know, they are accidentally at a swingers party, right. you know, and there's like, <laughs> like, and it was, it's funny and it's a joke, but like, we're also not just the butt of everyone's joke. Like there needs to be representation that's real and honest and authentic and showing. um, And I mean, people are working on it. Like we have somebody who um, Brad and I were featured in a documentary called open a journey through love. And the documentarian is actually a swinger himself. Oh, nice. Um, Cool. Cool. So, and he has people from all over the ethical non-monogamy spectrum, but like, there's just really not in the, and then there's like love don't judge me and Brad uh, were on that but mm-hmm. like again a lot of sensationalism mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you know because it it is and I and I think TikTok and social media and stuff it really sensationalizes it all um, and doesn't really show who we really are as a community and to you know our core we are just sex positive people who love differently but. We're still all people, you know. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. Can't agree more with that. You know what it reminds me of is uh, like my first exposure to swinging was actually watching uh, a Louis Theroux. I think it was one of his weird weekends. I can't remember. It was a, it was a quite an early Louis Theroux. Now I, I love Louis Theroux. I think he's great. But in the episode he did on swinging, uh, it was very much like. It wasn't so much that he, that they were the swingers were the butt of the joke, but he went there. He went to a swingers party and how, you know being hosted in someone's home, and they all were all you know just doing their thing, and he just looked so out of place and so, you know, it, like it was funny that he was there because he just isn't. He just doesn't look like he's supposed to be there. So it was still once again kind of a comedic scenario. Um, I mean, to his credit, he, uh, he, I think he's very good at maintaining a sort of unbiased kind of, you know, unless it's completely necessary, he doesn't, you know, uh, uh, attack people, shall we say. Uh, but 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 it was still a it was still a comedic portrayal, and it's like you said there. And also, there's a show over here on Channel Four called Open House, where it was. Very Check sensationalized once again. We did, yeah, we should, <laughs> we should do a bonus episode on it. Uh, so it's 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 frustrating. I, I can I, it's frustrating yeah. from a polyamorous perspective, and it's frustrating uh, from obviously from a swingers perspective too. So because we just feel like we're the butt. We're yeah. just the butt of everyone's jokes. You know, like it's not. Uh, I think we have to laugh at ourselves a little bit, but yeah. at the same yeah, time, it's like it kind of breaks your heart because you're like, we're not just a joke. Like we, we are real, we're real communities. It is. It's always like if the non-monogamous people or the swingers sort of next door, like this weird older couple that like have been together forever and and sleep with other people. And we struggle with exactly the same thing in in polyamory and and in all forms of ethical non-monogamy. It's like, it's kind of gratuitously thrown into storylines as a bit of a joke or something that's a bit funny. And they're always the weird characters, you know, the weird yeah. little like funny characters that are supporting characters. It's, and it's the, these are sex people thing. Yeah. Uh, and, right. you know, and it's like, okay, what does that mean? It's like, first of all, be a sex person. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with Fine. that? Fine. <laughs> like what's wrong with that? But yeah. also like, yeah. we don't need to joke about it constantly. Yeah. Or the outcasts of society. I mm-hmm. think that everyone, yeah. the, I see this comment a lot. Why do all polyamorous people look the same? I see that so often. What? Yes. What? what does that even mean? I don't think they do. do we? <laughs> so I think with, what what the misconception with that one is is that if you are polyamorous, you are an outcast-looking person of society, right? So uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. in this is just in the swinger community, we have police officers, doctors lawyers, um, politicians, um, sex workers and strippers like myself, you know, construction workers, like their people are from all over the spectrum, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. everybody has a space with Mm -hmm. us. And, um, I think that's a big misconception too, that like you have to look a certain way or you have to be a certain way and you don't. Yeah. It's a bit of a, it's a bit of a chicken egg situation as well though. It's like, okay, well, 
are you noticing those different things that are different about them physically now because you know that they are practicing a a different lifestyle or or do they look that way because they're practic- it's like much more often you just notice those differences you're like oh yeah of course because you know that person has blue hair or they have a lip ring so they must obviously that that makes sense but it, it, if if i mean me i look like quite a plain white dude really don't i like, yes i do look like every other white dude so no one's going to notice that aspect about me when i tell them that i'm polyamorous no yeah. one no one questions it but yeah. here i am a polyamorous person existing looking like this a human a hu- like exactly well, right. a, a white male presenting human it doesn't matter if whether you know how accurate the male part is or not but uh <laughs> but it, it, it's still the pre- presentation right we're talking about aesthetics and um it, it it's just not the case so it's just a false it's conflation that's like it's incorrect yeah. and yeah i just think that that's what's so beautiful about the non-monogamous community is that there are so many people who are committed to living as their authentic selves and i really enjoy being part of a community for that for, for many reasons but that is one of them absolutely um yeah. But yeah, steering towards uh, back towards. Sorry, you, you can you can go ahead on this one if you want, Siobhan. Sorry. Oh, I was just wondering what you're going to say. Um, no, no, so no. I was kind of uh, going to move on to our next question. What I'm going to do? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> okay, so now we're just going to get maybe just some more specifics. Yes. So you're more at specifics. like a party or a swingers event. How do you, if you, say again, how do you approach someone that you want to like explore with, have a connection with, play with, play with? What do you, or if you're with you, you're, you and Brad are together, what do you do? Is there some flirty eye contact from across the room? I don't know. Just really interested in like what the choreography here is. So I must mention that Brad and I are both somewhat extroverted. I'm way more <laughs> extroverted than him. Okay, cool. So, and this tends to be many swinger relationships because I have lots of friends in the community. One of them is very extroverted and one of them is very introverted. And like, we know this, opposites attract, right? (laughs) Makes sense. Um, So I'm the extroverted one. But when, so we'll be looking around and we're kind of, you know, we're like, oh, look that new couple over there. We've never met them. Or, um, you know, we kind of see who our eyes are caught. And that's not necessarily like a look. A lot of times for me, it's like, okay, where's the guy with the most tattoos? Uh, and who looks the scariest? Um, <laughs> Whatever works for you, girl. Live your truth. <laughs> um, so we'll we'll kind of, and then we'll just walk up to them and say, hey, guys, I haven't seen you before. I'm Kylie. This is Brad. You know, and I always do the talking. Um, sometimes you can be a little bit intimidated by people because you're like, whoa, they're like way out of my league. But then it's like, you never know. So um, I just try, we try to talk to as many people as we can. And a lot of times, especially once you create your own community and at different events and stuff, like people will come up to you and come up to you and your friends and then, you know, or your friends will introduce you to somebody. So um, it's all very much just like a normal, you know, you're at a bar, right? Like how do you approach someone at a bar that you're attracted to, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, would you like to have, you know, I don't drink, but like I, I could be like, hey, would you like to have a glass of water with me? <laughs> <laughs> Cute. I love that. <laughs> but normally it would be like, hey, would you like to have a drink with me? Um, you know, would you like to have a dance with me? Hey, do you want to uh, go play a game of pool? You know, whatever in the, whatever there is in the, you know, place that you're at. But it's just like normal like normal, you know, you're out and there is that elephant in the room, right? The, Ooh, are we going to swap with them later kind of thing? But like, and you know, within a couple of minutes of chatting with them, if it's going to go anywhere or not. Uh, And me and Brad are really good about that, about vibes. And sometimes if we're not sure, like, cause Brad, I'm better at vibes. Like that's just my personality. I'm an empath. I'm you know, all those things. So mm-hmm. I can like read your energy and your aura like within a minute. Brad, not so much. So sometimes I have to pull him aside and be like, babe, we're literally sitting here for 10 minutes talking about the office with them. 
um, and talking about like our cats, do you really think that this is going to move forward? Because I don't. I mean, I don't for see. me, that would be an absolute yes. <laughs> for me, that would be. I would be so turned on if they were just quoting Michael Scott like, like a machine gun. And Michael that was Scott like gun. our first couple. Yeah, yeah. First, that's that's how we connected with them. But Absolutely. Like, <laughs> what I mean by that is, you know, right. <laughs> how is this conversation moving forward? Because when you're at a singer yeah. event, right? So you have to also remember this. There's not a lot of time, right? So we have, we get there about nine or 10 and it's only open until like 3 a.m. And sometimes before that, you're too tired, you know? Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of think about that. It's almost like speed dating. So when you meet a new couple and like, we don't do this often, but sometimes we do. We usually don't swap on the first night anymore, but we used to. Um, but like, that's the hard part is like, how much time do you, you know, it's very similar to like, I'm a sex worker stripper. It's very similar. Like how much time do you spend on talking to this couple before you know that it's not going to move forward? Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes we don't, sw I mean, actually I would say more times than not, we don't swap with other couples because there has to be that four way connection. And, like I said, I'm very picky when it comes to guys. And if that connection is not there with them, it is not happening. And um, if Brad's not into the girl, and then on top of that, I also have to be into the girl and the girl has to be into me. So right. it's people talk about like unicorns and the lifestyle, the single females. I say the unicorn is the four-way connection because it's not going to move forward. And like, with polyamory where that's different is with polyamory, you guys get to do things separately. Mm -hmm. We are doing everything together. So therefore like it just all has to match. Um, and it does happen. We have quite a few couples that we know where we've had four way connections with. Mm -hmm. Um, but for the most part, it's kind of like, all right, I would much rather just fuck my partner. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, makes sense. You know. And so when you said like um, you don't often swap on the first night anymore, is that like you won't come back the next weekend or are you at, at like a, events where there's like a couple of days? Like what context was that in? So events where there's a couple of days is one of them because we do a lot of those. Mm -hmm. um, and then also like if we meet them at the swinger club, so like a home club that we go to often. So like our club here in Cleveland, mm -hmm. if we meet them one night and we don't end up swapping, but we end up having a great connection, then the next time we'll swap. Cool. Um, because for me personally, it's really, really hard to build a connection in two hours. Yeah. Um, I need, <laughs> I need way more office references, baby. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> more, more, more cat names, you more cat some, photos. You yeah. need some, some Toby quotes as well. Like you can't just be the main characters right yeah <laughs> and my big thing too is like also a spiritual connection like a true soul connection right mm -hmm. and like i'm i just can't do the i'm not just i'm not one of those people who can do like the the normal things in life and talk about football and like talk about politics and stuff like i have to really go deep and be like all right so what do you think this reality is man like you know yeah, I love that yeah mind you I don't smoke weed or anything like that but <laughs> I'm just I'm a very deep person mm -hmm. so I'm a demisexual I identify as demisexual um, and also sapiosexual so for the the listeners who don't know what that means demisexual is you have to have an emotional connection with somebody um, and sapiosexual is like an intellectual connection mm. um, so that's and that's truly why I feel like I'm bisexual as well because it's really about the person inside the the meat suit here you know it's not <laughs> it's not really you know it's on what's on the inside and um I say that a lot and a lot of people are like well you know there still has to be an attraction and I'm like yeah but I maybe I'm different yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh well okay so well how how do you handle rejection is my next question because I love this yes, <laughs> I'll I'll leave it at that then. Go. <laughs> so, rejection sucks, right? Like nobody wants to be rejected. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to feel that. Like, because a lot of us, most of us, probably have childhood trauma, and we were rejected by somebody in our childhood. <laughs> so, like, when we get rejected as adults, like it's painful and it sucks and it hurts our feelings. Most of the time, we think it's about the way that we look right? 
or something that we said or something that we did. Most of the time, that's not the case. Um, like I said about four-way connections, sometimes that just doesn't happen. And the way I handle it and the you know, I get rejected every day, multiple times a day in my job because of my job. Like I'm a, <laughs> I'm a stripper and, and some guys are not interested in a, you know, in my body type or my, um, what I look like. That's okay. But that's their fault. That's their problem because mm -hmm. I'm awesome and amazing and beautiful and wonderful inside and out. And they're the ones who are missing out. And that's what me, how I look at it with my partner. I'm like, you know what? It just wasn't, they're not bad people. Um, it just wasn't a connection. And I actually feel bad for them because we could have had a really fun time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so you have to like make it kind of positive. Um, you can't dwell on it and be like, well, you know, maybe if I wore my hair differently or if I wore a different outfit, you know? Um, cause again, rejection isn't always about you. Sometimes that maybe that couple didn't want to swap that night. Maybe that couple, um, maybe the girl was on her period, you know, like mm -hmm. you never know. Um, and a lot of times they don't tell you a lot of times they just ghost you. Um, and the way that me and Brad handle rejection, rejecting people is I try to be as upfront and as honest as possible without hurting someone's feelings. Um, and that's a, that's a hard dance to dance, mm -hmm. right? So what we always say is just like, you know what? Um, there's, we just don't really feel a four-way connection. We'd love to be friends with you. Um, but unfortunately, there's just not a connection there, you know? Mm -hmm. Sorry. And a lot of times people understand it and get it. Um, but I always say it's better to be upfront with people as opposed to like ghosting them because that's truly, truly showing emotional, like the opposite of emotional intelligence. Like that's emotional immaturity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, and we have to just be honest with ourselves and be honest with people. And if you're in the swinger lifestyle and you cannot handle rejection, if you are insecure and you have, you're like, maybe it would be a better idea to work on those insecurities and work on being getting better at handling rejection mm -hmm. because it's going to happen. It happens to literally everybody in the lifestyle, regardless. It happens to everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just something that we all deal with. Yeah. That's why I'm glad I worked in sales for a while. It was great. Got some good, good practice. I got some really good practice being it rejected. Is. And I'm not, I mean, I'm saying that as a bit of a joke, but it's also true. Yeah. Like that was kind of therapy for me because yeah. I got so used to you know 99% of people rejected me and it's like okay well it's nothing personal it's just right. that it's just not for them totally the end absolutely yeah so you know yeah I always look at it like a sales like or I always <laughs> like because you know I'm a stripper so like you know you kind of look around the room and then you feel the vibes and then you're like oh that guy's gonna spend money on me mm. I'm going to go talk to him, you know, and, and you feel the vibe. So it's very similar to that. And sometimes they don't end up spending money on you. Sometimes they end up rejecting you and that's okay. It's their loss. They could have had the best lap dance ever, <laughs> <laughs> but they chose to go with another girl who maybe was, you know, not as good at lap dancing as me, you know, yeah. and that's a close that's second, that close second, <laughs> <laughs> just to be, that's you know, diplomatic about <laughs> right but that's the way we see it is just like a rejection and every no that we get gets us closer to a yes which is kind of a salesy type of a thing right yeah. but um it's so true and like the other thing is we have to really put into consideration people's consent right so like mm. they may not be comfortable consenting to what to me and brad because brad and i we've been in the lifestyle for almost three years now. So we have a lot more experience. We've been to a lot of big events. Um, we do social media and all this. So like that can be intimidating to people as well. And we also have to remember that also we hold a lot of privilege in the lifestyle mm -hmm. because of what we do and because of us being out there. Mm -hmm. um, so we have to also be extremely careful about the people that we swap with. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's not because like we don't like people we don't want to swap with them. It's just because we know that we hold that privilege and um, we don't want, we don't want that to become a problem, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, you just mentioned you go to some events. Are there like big sort of well-known swingers events that people go to um, in the U S or internationally that you've also been to? 
So we've been in Audia, New Orleans. That's actually our favorite event. Okay. So this is this is an event where there are roughly, well, this year was the biggest. So there's roughly like 2,800 to 3,000 people there. And it's Whoa. three hotels in New Orleans. Um, they shit. take over Bourbon Street. It's huge. It's phenomenal. Um, there's like four ballrooms for um, the parties and events. Um, it's convention style so every day uh so it's wednesday through sunday and every single day is um you know a different like seminar of of experts in the lifestyle intimacy coaches um, oh my God. podcasters wow. um doctors That's you know so cool. just we'll see you there next year <laughs> it's awesome it That's really so is cool and really then cool. on a smaller scale but like maybe about half of the people so like anywhere from 800 to 1500 couples there's um events called splash um so they do hotel takeovers uh and then there's a resort that we go to a lot called secrets and that's a again a, a takeover so what i mean by takeover is swingers take over the hotel or resort and it's clo usually clothing optional um <laughs> the dream there's playrooms the there you know so um it's it's a lot of fun and it's closed to the general public as oh, well. Oh, fun. Oh, right, cool. How cool. Well, yeah, just for everyone's safety, I suppose. <laughs> everyone's safety, <laughs> yes. Um, right. All right. One last question, then we'll do the game. <laughs> then we'll do the game. Um, if you're new to swinging, like, how could someone get involved? What are the first steps to take if someone's like, how do I do this? Yeah, especially but I want if they're to. intimidated. Yeah. Okay, well, first is you have to give us your blood, your firstborn child. <laughs> uh, we do have this Kool-Aid that you drink. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you have to bring a goat. <laughs> yeah, right? So who are we sacrificing? Can we have one of your kidneys? No. <laughs> um, so there's apps and like, so me and Brad don't do apps, right? And it's just because... I, again, soul connection, like I'm one of those. Mm -hmm. I have to connect with people in person. That's us. But there are apps. There's 3Fun, Field, uh, SLS, SDC, Cassidy. Uh, there's Facebook groups. There's Discords. We have our own Discord, the Swinger Society Discord. So there's so many places online, which is awesome to meet people. We've actually created a community through social media to meet people that we swing with a lot, you know. So, um there's definitely ways online you can meet people going to events. Um, so couples, it's a lot easier. Um, we do have a privilege in the lifestyle. <laughs> and single women have the most privilege. Um, but single men, unfortunately. And those are, so the lifestyle consists of 66% men, 33% females. Okay. Interesting. So we're already oversaturated with men. On top of that. Uh, single men in the lifestyle is very much a niche, mm. right? Mm. So what that means is it, it has to be a hot wipe situation or a stag fixin situation where um, the women seek out single men. So then that makes it even lower of a number for single men. Mm. They tend to be the highest number of people who want to join the lifestyle. So I always let them know to really do your research before wanting to join. Um, and they also have to be vetted into clubs and vetted into events. Like they can't just sign up and pay the money like couples or single females can. Um, and what you would want to do if you're looking for a swinger club. Now, I want to just tell everybody, swinger clubs tend to be in bigger cities. So if you live in the middle of nowhere in Oklahoma, you probably don't have a swinger club next to you and you're probably going to have to drive um so just look up the nearest big city to you um swinger clubs in pittsburgh swinger clubs in columbus swinger clubs in new york city you know um and then once you start finding those communities then people can help people in those communities can help you branch out to but it's still somewhat underground um so you really just have to find the right people and of course online communities are great for that Thank yeah. God for the internet. <laughs> That's cool. That's really yeah. cool. That's really helpful. Thanks for sharing that. Nice. You're welcome. Um, okay, now you can do the thing you were going to yeah, do sorry. about the question. Yeah, sorry. Over, yeah. Over-eager. Um, so, yeah, we do we do a little game. We're just going to go with a nice question of the week. Uh, Which our regular listeners will be thrilled that it's returned because it's been a few weeks, you lucky dogs. 
Has it? Oh, okay. I yeah. Didn't even know. Any? <laughs> no, actually, last week we did um, we did Bob conflict Christ. resolution of the week, so not really. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Good point. Well, this is the the DOG uh, question of the week, and we're just going to go with um with a uh, well, we're going to do a little bit of sex education, a little bit of sex uh sexual health uh in this question. Got a very qualified person to do that with yes. today, so it's great. Uh, does everyone in the lifestyle just share lots of STIs? Good question. <laughs> um, <laughs> one of my favorite questions. So, research on this subject when it and I'm just gonna talk numbers here for a second. Research on this Love subject it. is, you know, there's not a whole lot of research because swingers tend to be a little bit more underground. They don't want to share their statuses with people, right? So, there's not a whole ton of research on the real numbers but in a 2017 study they did a study where 10 percent of the people in the lifestyle have at some point caught an std or an sti so that's only 10 percent of the whole community and there's like millions of swingers right um and typically that's chlamydia or gonorrhea right so um they did note in this 2017 study that swingers tend to be more um proactive about safe sex. Therefore, they wore condoms. Mm -hmm. They um, got tested on a regular basis as opposed to somebody who is um, monogamous and is dating um, or in the dating world, you know. Um, so whenever you do something, you have a risk involved, of course. Mm -hmm. But there's ways to mitigate that risk. And um, same thing with like pregnancy. Uh, swingers tend to you know, either be on birth control or have some form of birth control, whether it's one of them in the couple or both of them in the couple. Um, so when it, when it comes to STIs, there is a risk. There's always a risk for everything. There's a risk when you get in your car and you drive to work. Okay. Um, but swing again, swingers tend to get tested more and, um, you know, there's a lot more ways now to get, you don't just have to go to your doctor and be like, Hey doc, listen, um, I go to sex parties every weekend. Can I get an SCI test? You know, um, <laughs> there's discreet ways to do it because mm -hmm. sometimes we don't want to, we don't want to tell our doctors. Um, but I think, you know, now that there's, you can like order SCI tests, like right to your home and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So it's just the sent. same here in the UK too. Yeah, yeah we just yeah. order ours online yeah. from like yeah. London mm -hmm. Sexual it's Health Clinic. It's the easiest thing in the yeah. world to do and yeah, That's it's how great. We do ours like the whole, t ever since we've been open, I've like not once had to tell a doctor that we're open because yep. I'm just like order it online, comes right. to the results really quickly. Yeah. Um, but I will say that I'm not at all surprised to hear you say that like swingers are really vigilant or most swingers really vigilant with, yeah. with yeah. like safer sex. Like that makes sense. Yeah. And it's just so funny that it's like, it's so obvious to me that swingers would be safe about it because, you know, you're having sex with more um, partners than a monogamous person in a marriage would. Yeah. Yeah. So it just makes sense to me that it's funny. It's like people ask you this when it's like, well, no, guys. Like, Well, it's it's the same with any sort of occupational risk, you know, if your job if your, leaves you more open, like sex workers, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that, you know, people that work in the porn industry have to have uh test you know testing done very regularly and it's it just makes sense it's like at the end of the day if you're having uh a, a sex with lots more people than even if you're monogamous this is then you should get tested more regularly it's as simple as that and i think um mm -hmm. there's a lot that can be learned f for everyone um by everyone i should say by everyone for uh, from from swingers and from non-monogamous people in general mm -hmm. and one of those things is sexual health like I do yoga for my back because I sit at a desk. Like sex workers and swingers and non-monogamous folk get STI tests more because mm -hmm. <laughs> because yeah. of their jobs and lifestyles. It right. just makes so much sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, to add to that when it comes to, you know, STDs and STIs, we talk about it. Like we don't hold shame for the most part, when it comes to sexuality, like monogamous folks tend to. Hmm. So like yeah. when we're at a party, it's not weird. And it's actually a big part of consent. Um, you know, when we're at a party and we're about to swap, it's not weird for us to be like, hey, when was your last test? Oh, cool. Awesome. Um, you know, and to, to talk about 
protection and, um, you know, talk about ED medication, right? Like these are all important conversations. Like if you can't have these conversations with people, you should not be sleeping with them, right? Like if Mm. you can't talk about STDs, if you're like too like, oh my God, I'm so shy. I don't want to talk about it. You know, if you can't have those conversations, like the sex positive ones, then you shouldn't be a swinger, you know? So I think that's really what sets us apart from those communities, um, which we know that STDs and STIs are on the rise. Syphilis has come back, you guys. Like, <laughs> is is pretty serious out there. Yeah, yeah. But fortunately for swingers, like we just tend to be more sex positive, and with sex positivity comes, you know, um, all the good things for sexual health. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yep. Well, thank you so much for your time and for sharing all of that super interesting and like just very educational, insightful information with us and our listeners. Could you please tell them where they can find you on social media and your podcast and anything else that you want to tell them? Um, so the best way to find me is definitely the Pineapple Express podcast. So unfortunately, because um, I'm a swinger and sex positive on social media, social media does not like that. <laughs> So I do, you know, it depends on when you're listening to this podcast because it could be three years later. Who knows? But um, (laughs) I've had over like 30 accounts on TikTok, but you can find me on TikTok. uh, Swinger chick one because I'm not allowed to put sexy in front of it for some reason. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not allowed to do that. Um, So sexy or swing. I'm sorry. Swinger chick one, but chick is always spelled with a C. Um, and then you can go um, to my Instagram and that is um, sexy swinger chick without the K 91. Um, and then you can find me on Twitter, sexy swinger chick. Um, you can email me <laughs> uh, the pineapple express podcast at gmail.com. And of course, the Pineapple Express podcast is the best way to find me. All my links are on there, and you can find that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio. Um, so wherever you listen to your podcast, you can find it. So, yeah, the Pineapple Express podcast. Brilliant. Nice. Well, check it out, guys. It's a, it's a really good listen. It's one of my new recently um, subscribed to shows because I love listening to it. So uh, you Thank should all you. Too. I love it. It's great. Yeah, we dig in pretty deep. It's it's yeah. a lot of swinger podcasts tend to be like talking about the sexy, fun sex parties, which uh, we love that. That's great. But like ours tends to be more about like authentic experiences in the lifestyle that don't involve. We do involve sex into it, of course, but like mm-hmm. it doesn't. It, that's not the premise of the show. The premise of the show is like the feelings of the people and the emotions. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like through the lens of uh, the swinger world swinging world which mm-hmm. is basically kind of what our podcast is about uh and you also had some really cool guests on recently um oh yeah uh what was it richard and siobhan, richard and siobhan. i, I did yeah, they were, that was a really really good episode i listened that, to that a few you times you know what i actually listened to that episode a few times too yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i always listen i listen to certain episodes like multiple times just because i love them so much and that was one of my favorite ones like in the car i was listening to because i've never had polyamorous people on my podcast except for i did have brett from open on there but yeah, that yeah, was more yeah, yeah. that was more advocacy stuff mm-hmm. but like having a polyamorous couple is so cool because swingers and polyamorous people tend to be a little bit afraid of each other like <laughs> yeah. which is wild yeah. which is so weird isn't that crazy yeah i'm not afraid yeah. of anybody yeah. but, but they tend to be we, like i'm glad we sort of circumvented that that sort of weirdness because are we, i don't really know why the, yeah the first that. i heard of it was from you but yeah. but like we 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 kind of already started talking to you and we realized you were great and swingers are cool so not that what's... i ever thought that they were no, yeah exactly not that i ever thought that but like yeah yeah yeah. Super weird. Anywho. It's one of those weird, it's just one of those weird nuances that it's like, yeah. not that we're afraid of each other, but like, it's just. We hold each other at arm's length. <laughs> there's no real connection. Like, mm. there's no real, um, we're starting to get a lot better at it, though. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. But like, I remember the first time I met a polyamorous person and I told them I was a swinger. They were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> 
if I wish um, this was audio visual because your face like, is brilliant. That's so funny to me. They were like, uh, what? Well, do you know what? We're out here bridging the gap. That's oh, what we're out here God. doing. Right? So, that's so what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And I that bridge it. is going to get smaller and smaller. Uh, yeah. So... Um, also, everybody, please subscribe, rate, and review to us. Uh, go listen to our episode um, on Kylie's podcast, Pineapple Express. Um, share that with a friend. Share this episode with a friend. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And obviously, rate the five stars. Do the five stars. Let's get the five stars done for both of us. Both podcasts. Five stars, please. Thank you. Um, you can also follow us on social media, of course. We are at Polly underscore podcast on both Instagram and Twitter and also uh, threads. 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 Yeah, threads. You I'm still find... calling it Twitter. Still calling it Twitter. Happening. Oh yeah. Always. Um you can find us at our website, the dash poly dash podcast.captivate.fm and you can email us of course at podcastapoly at gmail.com. All right, All well right. thanks again and we'll see you next time. Okay, see you next time. Bye. Bye.